three, two, one. Cheese. Yellow. Ooh. Yellow cheese. That was really close. I was picturing a yellow flag for some reason, but it could be a yellow flag of cheese. I'm currently thinking of the Tillamook cheese. <laughs> That's fair. We did not record that conversation. No, we just had a whole previous conversation where we were talking about Tillamook cheese and how to pronounce it. <laughs> Tillamook. Tillamook. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Chai there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Allie. Hey, Julia. I have a knock-knock joke, but you have to say it. You have to answer as fast as you can. Are you ready? Oh, God. What if it's... Okay. All right. Knock-knock. Who's there? Mocha. Mocha who? I'll book you a latte. I call that espresso <laughs> joke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was maybe a stretch, but um, it was it was all me. I mean, that is about how the like second half of this podcast episode is going to go after we have... Um, the espresso, so. Yeah, we're going to be a little wound up, but that's okay. Yeah. It's the weekend, yeah. baby. So we're going to jump into a topic that we have been talking about literally since we started this podcast. Yes. Like, this is an episode one topic, and I don't know why it's taken me so long to actually talk about this. We just got distracted by so many other cool topics. It just happened. Yeah. Given, we technically have been talking about it the whole time, just not in this detail, because it's in so many drinks. We're talking about espresso, baby. Baby. <laughs> I cannot espresso but, how excited oh, I am. I... Love that. <laughs> Dang. I think that was better than my weird knock-knock joke. No, because I'm really excited to start talking like ridiculously fast on accident. And then you could just refer back to the front part of the episode. <laughs> please refer to, please reference minute one of this podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, but before we, before we dive into this luxurious topic, how you brewing? I'm brewing pretty good. I did not make any notes, so let me see off top of my head how I'm brewing. Um, I just had Chinese food for dinner. That was excellent. Yum. I um I don't remember if I mentioned it explicitly on podcast or not. I think I did, but I'm doing Noom, and that's going really well. Oh, we we mentioned okay. it uh, the previous episode, actually. Oh, that's right, because I'm trying not to make it my personality. So yes, I'm, and unfortunately, it's it's consuming us. Yeah, so uh, everybody's going to hear because about it it's, every episode. <laughs> it's part of my How You Brew into. too. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsies, part of my personality. Um, so the Chinese food was included in that. Thank you very much. Um, and then, so last night, um, Chadwick had a little bit of an accident, and he came out uh -oh, of his litter box. Happened? He had a poopy leg. I don't know how Ew. he did it. Um, because he got stuff on the front of his back leg, which is not where his butt it's, is. Um, maybe he like, no, cats can't kneel, can they? I I don't think so. I don't know how cat legs work. <laughs> well, <laughs> one way or another, he did some cat yoga while he was in the litter box. Um, and I okay. had to clean him first. He got it all over the carpet and this is while my Chinese food is on its way in DoorDash, by the way. And I'm like, so hungry. I'm nauseous. So it was just a whole oh, lovely fun time, but I got the carpet clean and then I had to give him a bath, which I don't bathe them very often because they're the indoor kitties and they take care of most of that themselves. But, um, he was not happy. So I got him in the bathtub with the bathroom door closed and then, he, I li literally put like maybe two inches of water in the bottom of the tub so I could just splash it on him and ru and wash it off. Sure. Um, and I put him down and he's like, Row! all the way down to the bottom of his throat and Chapel's on the outside of the door going Row! back at him. Um, oh, but then he forgave me shockingly fast. Like he was snuggling behind me with a nice clean booty immediately Aww. after that. So. I don't know. Well, I mean, who else is he going to go to? Chapel? <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to help. She'll beat him up. Exactly. She, he has to go to mom. Mm -hmm. 
mom i know you hurt me but mom i need you to comfort me <laughs> he was like please help me i don't like being wet and you're the one that got me wet but now i'm dry and i don't know what to do about it <laughs> so yeah that's that's uh that's how i've been brewing nice how you brewing uh i've been brewing okay <laughs> um I am starting to finally see some weight loss after boxing for like two months. Yay. Congratulations. It's not significant. I Thank you. <laughs> it's not like super significant or anything like that. Like, I think I've lost maybe three pounds, mm-hmm. but I've also noticed that I'm a lot stronger. Good. My sleep is a little bit better. I've definitely seen like positive improvements in like just my daily life. Mm-hmm. Nothing that's helping my memory for sure. Mm. Um, but we're taking medicine for that kind of. Yeah. Until I can see a doctor that can actually re-diagnose me as an adult so I can get ADD medicine. But everyone's out of network or doesn't answer their phone. Mm. So I'm just going to figure this out on my own for a little while, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But boxing was fun. Good. <laughs> One step at a I gotta time. Take all of, I got to take all my aggression out at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a morning person, so that's ideal for me. So I just I, I just punch things really hard first thing in the morning, and then I go to work, and I train people, and I'm really gentle with them. Perfect. It's like the opposite. <laughs> um, Mike and I are still looking for a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's really changed in that aspect. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that it's going to fall closer to like September, Mm. you know, so that we don't have to break our lease. That would be ideal. Yeah. But speaking of work and training, I've been doing double training lately. What does that mean? So I'm training two different people on two different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's our newest hire and my old new hire. So my old new hire is moving on to a different type of testing. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of independent, you know, like he knows most concepts. And he's just applying it differently mm-hmm. while she is brand new. And I'm having to teach her from scratch and be very more supervisory. y mm. So by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Yeah, that's a lot. And... I uh I did something dumb today. <laughs> um, the newest hire is going to Mexico for the week, so mm. I could just focus on the one training. Mm-hmm. But no, I I miss I messaged someone and she was like, "Hey, I really need to get trained on a couple of things." I said, "Oh, my other person that I'm training isn't gonna be in town. I could train you next week." What was I thinking? Oh. Why would I do this to myself? <laughs> you were gonna get a little vacation, and then you're not. No, I, I don't do that to myself. Why would I? <laughs> Out of the frying pan and into the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my boss did give me some very encouraging words during our mid-year review. So I will not hold my breath to see if that actually happens. But I'll explain that to you a little bit more later. Mm. Because it's not actually official. It hasn't gotten approved by anyone. So Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's one of those of like, hey, this nice thing might happen. Anyways, that's how I'm brewing. Cool. <laughs> Maybe I don't need the espresso. <laughs> oh, we're going to have it anyway. It's already 8.16 p.m. on a Friday night. It's 8.16? It's 8.16 Ooh, I'm going to be up for a while and I'm okay with this because I'm just going to play Lego Star. Uh, nope. Lego Harry Potter, which is what I'm currently obsessing over right now. Same. I'm going to, after we're done recording, probably go play the Peaky Blinders. V- oh, I got an Oculus. That's the other thing of how I'm brewing. I got an <laughs> Oculus. Um, and then I played it for two hours straight and then I made myself sick. So now I play it in like half hour increments sometimes, depending on the game. Um, but I'll pro- I'm proud of you for finding that boundary. Thank you. Well, hard way. my body forces that boundary. I played it for half an hour last night and then I was like, mm, nope, done, done. All over. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm good. It's just that moment of okay. like, it takes like, I don't know, five, ten minutes once I take it off sometimes. And that's supposed to go away yeah. the more you use it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like getting on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> getting it on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Thank you. So I have a quick fire question for you today. All right. Would you rather drink espresso by itself or in another drink? 
Uh, I would rather drink it in another drink because one, I think it tastes better and two, I get to enjoy it longer typically. I like both of those reasons and I agree to both of those. Mm -hmm. I also would rather drink it in another drink. Um, I have had espresso by itself when I was in Italy and it was good. It's just not how I like to have my coffee. Understandable. I, um, yeah, when I was on not the last cruise, but the cruise before that, um, it had a similar Cuban style, like inspired bar and they had mm-hmm. coffee. And so I was like, oh, cool. I'll get coffee. And I got like, uh, I don't even remember which drink I ordered. Um, but I f- forgot that when it's a drink with espresso, it comes in a tiny cup and I was confused. <laughs> and then I drank it and I was like, whoa, I'm good. <laughs> Cuban coffee is strong. Mm-hmm. One of my professors brought in some and uh, gave it to us in little um, mouthwash cups. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So you ready to dive into our topic? Yeah. Yay. Although it might be a little hot. Can I dip my toe first? Ooh. It's a hot tub. You have to ease your way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what episode would we produce? In what world would we produce an episode of Cream and Sugar? Where it does not reference our good, reliable best friend, the com. Not any good episode. <laughs> no, couldn't be. Mm-mm. So I'd like to thank the com for helping me with the first half of this episode. Excellent. <laughs> Espresso is a concentrated form of coffee served in small, strong shots and is the base for many coffee drinks. I mean, I could literally name like 10 probably right now that are espresso based i don't know if i could it's, name it's most it's most drinks can i try yeah okay a regular espresso because i'm gonna count that i count and it and a latte yep and a cappuccino uh-huh. and a cortada yep affogato kind of yeah um I, t- I count it are we counting things like a mocha yeah okay mocha Americano, mm-hmm. macchiato, yep, poopy. I need two more. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it, though. Eyes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Oh, red eye, red eye. There you go. Um. Okay, hold on. We're back on the table. I know there's a bunch of them on the machine, but I never know what they are, so I just don't get them is the problem. Have you named the one with lots of foam yet? That would require me to remember which one is which. I'm the tea person, if you'll recall. <laughs> oh, this is a good point. Um, It's the opposite of a macchiato, technically, per Starbucks. Mm. I know we've talked about it, but I don't remember. We haven't actually covered it. Well, I mean, like, we mentioned it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is it? Have you, did you mention cappuccinos yet? Yes. Oh, i sorry. Um, oh my God. Can I only name nine? Those were all the ones I knew. There's one, there's one more I know and it's on the menu and I just don't drink it. And like the Cuban oh! ones. We had a whole episode. It was a, um, a focus of mine for a long time. Flat white? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. We totally could name 10. There was also <laughs> another coffee drink we made with espresso. Oh, the um, the one from Israel. Yeah. The first time we did it. It, it was the layered one. Was that? That wasn't tea Tarek, right? That was something else. No, that was, that's tea. Yeah. It was. Oh, that was the, was that the Hanukkah one? The Hafuka? Haf- yeah. Oh. Welcome to my pronunciation lesson. It was the Hanukkah lessons. episode. <laughs> refer to our Hanukkah episode for that drink. <laughs> it might be time for us to do a refresher. It's time for me to have an espresso as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, anyway. Well, we did it. We did it. I'd love to jump right into a myth debunk. Ooh, okay. Did you know that espresso is made from the same beans as coffee and it's the only difference is that it's stronger and thicker and higher in caffeine but there's no such thing as an espresso roast or blend 
Okay, so when I woke up this morning, my answer would have been no. But when I knew we were recording this and I needed to buy espresso, I had to make sure I was buying the right thing. And I thought that like you couldn't roast something to be an espresso. But when I looked on Walmart's website to see if they had it, everything said espresso roast. And I got really confused. Yes. So this is considered a Starbucks-ination, according to uh, the Spruce Eats. Mm-hmm. Um, they have espresso beans specifically, which there's literally no difference. If you were to grab a coffee bean and an espresso bean, mm-hmm. it really just depends on the the grind and how it's actually processed. Ah, Okay. Yeah, which I didn't know. I had no idea. I knew there was a processing difference. I just didn't think it was a roast difference. I wasn't sure if it was a roast. I wasn't sure if it was like a special type of bean. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it had to be a certain type of size. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt very ignorant when it came to knowing the difference and trying to get espresso because I have a, an espresso machine and I've only bought espresso beans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I could have just bought any bean I want. Hmm. This opens so many doors. <gasps> can you make blueberry espresso? I can. I could take my coffee grounds and just refine them. Oh, you should do it. I could make a blueberry espresso. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to do that. Anyways, <laughs> so I had just mentioned that one of the main differences between espresso and coffee is that it's stronger as in like flavor wise like concentration Mm -hmm. it's thicker and it has a higher caffeine content so if you were to take just espresso and drink the same size as a standard coffee Mm -hmm. how much do how much caffeine do you think you'd be consuming and i have some notes to help you out okay the average cup of coffee is eight ounces Mm -hmm. and it typically contains 95 milligrams of caffeine i've seen this range between anywhere to like 50 to 200 milligrams but 95 is a very like google average okay and the average shot of espresso is one ounce oh Hmm. okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna go with my gut which is double caffeine Which, if you said it goes all the way up to 200, I'm going to say 400. So now, I'll give you the last piece of math that you would need to actually calculate this. Okay. If you were to take the average amount of caffeine per ounce of espresso, it's 64 milligrams, which is less, but that's per ounce. This is 95 milligrams per 8 ounces versus 64 milligrams per ounce. Yeah. So I just did 64 times 8. Yes. Which is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It is 512 milligrams of caffeine. Woo! Yeah. I don't recommend doing that. Also, you just sounded like um, Mario when he falls. (laughs) Anyways, that's a lot of caffeine. I don't recommend it. I want to know what a healthy amount of caffeine is. Um... I think it's, is it around 400? What is a dangerous amount of caffeine? Oh, you can have up to 1,200. Oh, see, I looked up. Without dying. The FDA recommended daily intake is 400. Oh, so if you drink an entire cup of coffee, but it's actually espresso, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Just don't drink more than one of those, please. I did that once uh, when I was house sitting because my aunt had an espresso, a Nespresso machine and mm-hmm. I thought it would turn off after, you know, like an ounce or two. It just kept on a going. Um, so I had to pop it open after it filled up a whole cup. But I also Oops. had only gotten like four hours of sleep. So I was like, eh. That could be fine. Yeah. I felt fine. I want to I want to come back to that. Okay. Um, because we might be able to consider that something specific. All right. Anyways. The way this fancy little coffee is made is by forcing pressurized hot water through a very finely ground coffee. Mm-hmm. So imagine your regular store-bought coffee grounds and make them smaller. <laughs> Itty bitty. Yes. 
once it's forced through this filter, you get the espresso. So basically you have a concentrated cup of coffee and it also has something called crema on the top of it. Mm -hmm. Crema is the light brown foam layer that forms on the espresso when it's pulled. It's caused by air bubbles combining with the oils of the coffee grounds, and it actually adds a lot of flavor to the coffee. Hmm. Okay. So crema is chef's kiss. We love <laughs> we love crema. The crema, the crop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so like I mentioned before, the espresso beans are made from the exact same plant as regular coffee, as well as roasted the exact same way and processed the exact same way. It's really what you do after that that makes the big difference got it the biggest difference is going to be the treatment of the beans Mm -hmm. the espresso beans will be ground into a finer texture than regular coffee and it's also more compacted so when you put spoonfuls of coffee into your coffee machine you don't compact it in any kind of way you just let the water run straight through it Mm -hmm. it's really important that you tamp it down so that it gets pushed through this really solid fine coffee got it fun fact (laughs) once the machine is finished making the espresso you're left with compacted grounds called pucks oh you can throw them away or recycle them because they're rich in calcium nitrogen potassium and magnesium which is essential for fertilization all you have to do is let it dry out and you can add it in bits and pieces to your soil oh that's cool Mm mm-hmm you do have to be careful because coffee is very acidic and it can kill off some good bacteria. Mm. So you want to be giving it to plants that like high acidity, such as hydrangeas. Okay. So definitely do your research. You could alter the color of your hydrangeas with coffee if you do it carefully enough. Mm-hmm. That's cool. If you have basic soil and you plant a little bit of coffee here and a little bit of coffee there, you could have like pink and blue bushes. Ah! That's cool. Very pretty. Mm -hmm. So do you remember from our cold brew episode where I mentioned that when cold brew is made from hot coffee and refrigerated, you have more of those flavors, right? Yeah. But you also have more of the bad things Mm -hmm. when you do it that way. It's the same with espresso. Okay. So since it's a concentrated version of coffee, it has more flavor and caffeine but it also has more of that acidity and bitterness. I think that's why it makes a really excellent addition for drinks that will water it down, like lattes. Yeah. So the addition of milks will mellow it out and make it still really nice and rich. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you won't lose the mm-hmm. coffee and everything else. Right. You'll still get that really strong coffee flavor, but you can drink more of it. Mm-hmm. In quotations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. When you make espresso, it's typically served in a Dematisse cup. Oh, fancy. Which will... Yes, it has a fancy little name. It typically holds about two to three ounces. Mm. So, fun fact. (laughs) Okay. Dematisse is actually a French word. Mm. Would you like to guess what it's short... What it's French for? Um... Mm, I'm going to say part tassel. No, but I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you have the right concept for Demi. Mm-hmm. It's it's French for half cup. Ah, that makes more sense. So it means like a small cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay. And it's so cute. Yee. So when you make the espresso, you can make it in one ounce or two ounce shots. Mm-hmm. A one-ounce shot, which is also called a solo or single shot, or a dopio, which would be the two-ounce or double shot. That's just... Yes, I said dopio. Dopio. <laughs> My favorite of the uh, seven dwarves. <laughs> dopio. <laughs> no! That's, how, that's in the Italian version, though, you know. Oh, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back to when you were making espresso at your aunt's place before I was asleep. Uh You can also make it lungo or long. Mm -hmm. I think it would be lungo. I'm not sure. We're going to keep it like that. (laughs) But this would be the same amount of coffee with twice the amount of water. So I'm wondering, since you had a defined amount of coffee, if you actually just kept putting water into it and just made it 
a weaker version, kind of like an Americano. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So you technically made a long espresso. Oh. A long shot, if you will. A, l- <laughs> a long espresso <laughs> after a very short night. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know that in previous episodes, I believe I've mentioned how to make espresso when you don't have an espresso machine. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go into more detail if you do have an espresso machine. All right. So I'll do a really quick overview, and then we'll make some espresso. Yee. Today's recipe is brought to you... No. Today's episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by Today's Recipe, which is brought to you by... The letter Q. <laughs> For quick. <laughs> For quispesso. For quispesso. Today's recipe is brought to us by one of my favorite cafes that I've never been to, yet we talked about it a few times, mm-hmm. the Blue Bottle Coffee. Yeah. Um, which is uh, where we started talking about cold brew, I believe. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So to make the espresso with an espresso machine, uh-huh. you'll need finely ground coffee between 18 and 21 grams, mm-hmm. water, that will be heated up to 200, about 200 degrees Fahrenheit, and then 25 to 30 grams of water, of the hot water, okay. which is roughly 0.8 to 1 fluid ounces. Okay. So what's really interesting is they're giving us the water amount recommendations for a single shot, which would be one ounce, but I know for a fact that the grams they're recommending is for a double shot. Huh. So mess around with your water quantity. Yeah. You do you, boo. So <laughs> the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take your portafilter and you're going to place it on a scale and tear it. So this is the thing that actually holds the espresso. You've, you may have seen a barista like grab this long metal thing. By long, I mean maybe the size of like your forearm at the longest. Yeah. And it's got like a little basket. And they, it comes in and out of the machine by, like, twisting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the portafilter. Time to make espresso. Bop it. Twist it. <laughs> <laughs> Tamper it. Tamper it. Tear it. <laughs> so while this scale tears, we're going to go ahead and run hot water through the filter to prep it. Okay. Once the scale is teared, we're going to measure out roughly 18 to 21 grams for a double shot. Mm -hmm. After that, you're going to level out the coffee so it fits nicely in the filter. They recommend taking like four fingers and just like pushing it over top of it without like spilling it over. It's just to like get it even. Okay. There's also special whisks that you can get that people will use to like stir it and even out the grounds before it gets tamped. Yeah, I've seen those. They look like a little matcha mm-hmm. thingy, but like tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 coffee's version of a matcha whisk. Yeah. <laughs> After that, you'll tamp the coffee. This doesn't have to be done with a lot of pressure, just enough to make the coffee even. Mm-hmm. You'll also want to give the tamper a quick spin. Just to give it a smooth finish on the grounds. This is also called polishing. Oh, okay. After that, you're going to put the portafilter back into the espresso maker. And then brew per your manufacturer settings because each espresso is, each espresso machine is a little different. Got it. And if you have instant espresso, just heat it up. (laughs) I'm actually today doing neither of those options what are you doing i uh had to go browse on tiktok because i couldn't find instant espresso and i don't have an espresso machine so i have looked up how to make espresso with a french press Ooh, how do you do it um let me tell you when we come back because i'm about to go do it and i have to watch tiktok but you were on my facetime at the same time so (laughs) oh i understand now yes all right let's go are you ready to try it yeah. Oh, wait. Do you want me to explain real oh. fast how I made it in the French press? Yes, I do. Okay. This is from TikTok user Haley Catala- Catalano. C-A-T-A-L-A-N-O. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get you boil your water. I did like two cups. You put some hot water into your French press to heat it up. Then you dump that out. You put in one ounce of finely ground coffee, then a dash of water, as she said, to let it bloom. Then you add the rest of your cup of water and you don't press it down. 
You let that sit for four minutes, then you gently press it halfway down and pull it back up. And then when you press it back down, that creates like kind of a crema and then you got espresso, kind of. I'm excited to see how that goes. <laughs> Me too. I'm intrigued. Are you ready to dink? Yeah. We have our matching little espresso cups that say how you brewing. How you brewing? Oh, right down okay. here. Yep. Dink. It's bitter. It's strong. Yep. I think I just don't really like espresso that much. Like, on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may actually go get some milk. Yeah, I um, I have... I had some creamer on standby. Okay. You want? Did you already try yours? You want to dink again? Oh, yeah, we can dink again. Okay. And dink. dink. It tastes like chocolate milk. Mm. Mine tastes like a slightly better chocolate milk, but in a good way. Mine was chocolate hazelnut creamer, so. Ah, mine was just soy milk. <laughs> it's 9 p.m., everybody. Yummo. <laughs> I couldn't stand there and smell all that coffee and then not have coffee. That's fair. I mean, it's you know? delicious. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. Are you ready to dive into a very interesting history? Yes. Yes, I am. The history of espresso isn't so much the espresso itself. Obviously, we're going to get to a point in the story where we've made espresso. Mm -hmm. And that's not really going to be the main focal point. Okay. It's really going to be about the evolution of the espresso machine and how it became possible to make the drink in the first place. Ah, gotcha. Yes, because honestly, this drink isn't that old. Um, mm -hmm. Almost entirely, this is going to be based on an article from the Smithsonian Magazine a lot of other articles that I was reading seemed very biased, um, especially with who the inventor of the espresso machine was. So I'll kind of mention where some things were more biased than others as they come up in the conversation. Okay. Makes sense. But like I was saying, espresso itself is only a little over 100 years old. It's a fairly new drink oh. in terms of human history and drinks that we've covered before on the podcast. Right. They are either ancient or like within a couple centuries. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no in between. <laughs> and this is one that I expected to be really old and it's not. Right. Well, because it's like when you think of like, oh, Italy and coffee and everything and like Renaissance, you're like, mm -hmm. ah, coffee drinks, which most of them are the 10 we just named that have espresso in it. Right. Except, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think all of these drinks came about in the last 100 years. They had to have. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had espresso and therefore couldn't have had these drinks. This is totally separate, but also not. But I watched a YouTube video this morning by somebody whose name I don't remember who was trying to eat in medieval times. And she casually mentioned that most of the types of cheeses we know today are because monks in like the 1400s and around middle medieval times were obsessed with cheese and they created the different cheeses. Thank you, monks. Yeah. I love But same cheese. thing with the espresso machine. Yes. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, you'll realize that the reason we have espresso is because we are very human. That that makes sense. Yep. We are we are far surpassed the goat that found the go go bean. <laughs> yes. Uh now it needs to be go 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 bean. All right. <laughs> We're going to travel back in time to the early 19th century, where coffee is still a huge business, especially in Europe, with lots of cafes all over the continent. Okay. That's the mindset we're in. Mm -hmm. We're in the age of steam, which is inspiring inventors to make the process of brewing coffee, which is currently at about five minutes per cup, a little bit faster. You said steam. I was going to be like, like milk? Yes, but more like engine. <laughs> <laughs> it was that, you know, that one time where everybody's running around just drinking a bunch of steamed milk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. The most well-known patent to come up around this time would be accredited to, and I apologize for the 10,000th time for my pronunciation because I do not speak any form of Italian. 
Italian. Yes, I put it in quotes. <laughs> this first patent would be accredited to Angelo Morando. Moriando? Moriando. That's probably closer. From Turin, Italy. Maybe. <laughs> His patent was approved in 1884 for, and here we go. New steam machinery for the economic and instantaneous confection of coffee beverage. All right. Say that 10 times fast. New steam machinery for the economic in and instant. I already messed it up. I can't even say it once. And instantaneous confection of coffee beverage. New steam machinery for the economic and instantaneous confection of coffee beverage. All right. That One was, time's good enough. That was pretty impressive. Thank you. That's a uh, shield for short. Yes. <laughs> I'll have you try to say it again after we've started to digest the espresso. <laughs> oh, then I got it. Mm -hmm. I am all over it. So the espresso machine we know today is nothing like this. Mm -hmm. It used to be a large boiler that heated water to about 1.5 bars of pressure and then pushed water through a large bed of coffee grounds and then a second boiler would produce a steam that flashed the bed of coffee to complete the brew. Okay. It's very, it's an interesting concept. He's got the right idea, but it's just not there yet. Yeah. This patent isn't very well known in coffee history, however, mostly due to his marketing failures and, over, and, and its overall bulkiness, because a double mm. boiler system is huge. Uh, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can barely fit like the things I have, like my toaster on my kitchen counter. I cannot fit a double boiler. Yeah, I'm talking like tanks, like not driving yeah. tanks, but like a giant metal tank of water. It's it's a lot. I'm picturing like, like, you know, the, the water thing on the side of a Keurig, but like the size of the entire Keurig and then you need two of them. But I say if you stack two Keurigs on top of each other, that might be the correct height. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. However, there aren't even any pictures of this fully assembled machine, just the patent. Ah, okay. It was that unsuccessful. But this is, in mm. fact, the first espresso machine. It did create fast coffee. Should have just patented the IP. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to jump into the early 20th century, where we're going to meet Luigi Bezzera. Bezzera? Bez We'll go with Bezzera. Bezzera and Desiderio Pavoni. I think it's Desiderio. Desiderio. We're going to call them Luigi and Pavoni. 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 Luigi. A little bit easier for me to say. <laughs> that works. So Luigi was known as the maker of liquors and was able to make oh. a single shot espresso while trying to find a quick way to brew coffee directly into a cup. Okay. This was his idea, and he did make it happen. So let's talk about the machine he actually made. He made the first Keurig, basically, right? Kind That's of, yeah. That's what it sounded like. So he took Moriando's machine as a base, mm -hmm. and he made multiple improvements, including the portafilter, so that showed up huh. really early. Yeah. And multiple brew heads, along with other innovations that are still used in modern espresso machines. He then patented this, which had a large boiler with built-in burner chambers filled with water. These were heated until it pushed water and steam through the tamped puck of coffee. During the process, the water temperature would go from about 250 degrees to the ideal brewing temp of 195 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. So he found a way to kind of regulate the water and the temperature, mm -hmm. and it had a better overall concept than what Moriando's machine was actually doing. Right. Downsides. The boiler was heated over an open flame, which made it difficult to regulate the temperature and pressure. And since the consistency is key when making espresso, after a few prototypes, his patent didn't go very far. Mostly because of a lack of money and experience in marketing 
and there was a lot of issues with the machine itself. These guys need to hire a better PR team, is Mm -hmm. what it sounded like. Well, he did. All right. He asked someone who did know a little bit about these things. Desiderio Uh Pavoni. Pavoni. He asked Pavoni. So Pavoni bought Luigi's patent in 1903, and he was able to make some major improvements to his machine, including a Mm. pressure release valve. Oh, okay. And the Smithsonian Magazine did mention that this was the first pressure release valve. I don't know if that means in history or in the history of the espresso machine. I have to look uh-huh. into that. All right. I don't know a lot about pressure release valves. It was a different guy in the 1600s. All right. So this is the first time a pressure release valve was put on an espresso machine. Sounds good. <laughs> So not only did this pressure val- valve make it safer to operate, but it also made the brew faster. Hmm. Probably because now they could regulate the pressure. Right. You're not you're not spending so much time just trying to make it work the way you want it to. Right. He also added a steam wand that could access <laughs> excess steam that collected in the boiler. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Like, he made this machine, and then he added a steam wand, but that's going to cost you an extra 50 bucks if you want that upgrade. Basically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So these two worked together on the machine, and it made its first appearance at the 1906 World Fair in Milan. Ooh, nice. They opened a little stand, and it was called Cafe Espresso, where they introduced the espresso machine. I love that. Mm-hmm. However, this is as far as Luigi goes in the story. He slowly oh. fades out of the picture as Pavani continued to market the brand name Espresso. So he basically took over the entire project and, like, pushed him out. Well, did he push him out or did he just give him enough money to go buy a mansion? Maybe. I think it's more like, hey, I kind of turned this into a success. This is mine now, considering I bought your patent. Oh, that's fair. I was making a joke about Luigi's Mansion. Oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. No, We're recording a late night sesh and also drinking espresso. We are bound to be all over the place. Yeah. I was really confused for a second. I have my coffee in a glass that has a rounded bottom and I have Uh it set on a blue mouse pad and Uh I thought there was mold in my coffee because it looked green Mm. (laughs) which is impossible because I just brewed it (laughs) yeah that would not be good this is where I am mentally right now Mm -hmm. feel that so here's where we get into our first bias most articles that I was researching was saying that Pavani is the inventor of the espresso machine. And I think I agree that he is the inventor of the closest thing to the modern espresso machine that we have, but we've completely dissed the first two people that came up with prototypes. Right. So I don't think it was really fair to just say, this is the person who invented it without also covering how we got there because it was extremely important. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's it like it should be almost like like they're not a team but saying like this is the team of people that made it because you start with this guy and then he gave that idea was used by somebody else and then that patent was used by this guy. Mhm. Oh, this one agrees that it was well, this first one says that <laughs> the espresso this is from esquirecoffees.co.uk. Okay says, where was the espresso invented? The espresso was invented in Venice, Italy. Back in the early 20th century, the drink was created by businessman Luigi Bezzera, who was experimenting with coffee to see how he could make it brew faster. Some of that's true. (laughs) That's like the Sparknotes version. Yeah. (laughs) And it completely (laughs) missed the other guy. Yeah. Moriando. I think I may have exited out of it because I was mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I was like, this is not correct. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. Fun fact. 
I know we haven't explicitly stated this yet, but it's called espresso because it's expressly made coffee. Just thought we should mention that at some point. I did realize that, like, when you said their name at the World Fair, mm-hmm. when you said it was the Espresso Cafe, I was like, oh, because it's coffee, but it's express. Yes. Got it. Got it. So so then would it be correct to call it espresso? I was thinking about that while writing my notes. And I'm not going to get mad at people when they say espresso now because technically, yes. But also yeah. technically, no. <laughs> like like the word itself, no. And the language that it stems from, no. But from the origin of the meaning, yes. I wonder if there's a word for that. Where you mispronounce something based on what it's based on? I'm sure there is. There's, There's got to be. be something. Some kind of Mandela effect-esque thing, yeah. but with language. <laughs> <laughs> After the World Fair, other versions of the, this machine started to pop up around Europe, becoming very fancy and intricate, kind of like you would find it in a Studio Ghibli movie. Ah, uh, what a vibe. The article mentioned hood ornaments, and I <laughs> I understand that some ho- hood ornaments can be very pretty, but some are just like the Mercedes symbol, and I feel like that's not very relevant right now. I think if you were to jump into a Studio Ghibli movie and find an espresso machine, it would just be this pretty shiny little thing, right? I feel like if you if you just watch any studio ghibli movie that's set in like an actual town like hell's moving castle and you just look at like the outside of any building it would match the same vibe as an espresso machine yes that's essentially what we're looking at at this point Mm -hmm. except for the how except for the moving castle itself maybe not that one no (laughs) (laughs) so until now this machine has been making espresso using only steam power while it is a great method It did leave the coffee with a burnt or bitter taste, and the pressure wasn't really enough, wasn't really high enough to produce the best quality of coffee. Okay. So despite the machine's success, espresso was still only really taking a regional effect, barely leaving Milan and the surrounding areas. Hmm. While it was really popular here, it really didn't make it all the way around Europe quite yet. You could see some here and there, but they weren't they weren't all that. Okay. Jump to the 1920s. Another man largely contributed to the growth of the machine outside of Milan, Pierre Terrasio Arduino. Arduino? Arduino. Pierre Pierre. Is that, that is Pierre, right? Not Pierre. Or Pierre. I'm going to call him I'm Pierre. Gonna go Pierre. <laughs> I'm going to call him Steve. So he did try to make some improvements. <laughs> yeah, we'll call him Steve. Sorry. <laughs> that took a second. Gross. I was like. <laughs> you short-circuited. Sorry. <laughs> My brain stopped. <laughs> you went. Okay, anyway. I don't know what just happened. It was like a real life buffering. (laughs) Sorry. It was like you had prepped your brain to say the next sentence and I just jumped in with Steve and you didn't know what to do about it. No. (laughs) My bad. Okay. (laughs) Pierre did try to make some improvements to the machine hoping to make it not rely completely on steam. Okay. He even tried screw pistons and air pumps. What's a screw piston? I'm not entirely sure. Okay. It didn't really work, so that's not a thing. Got it. It was really his genius in marketing that that helped it take off. Finally... Literally, the last two people that have done something really good to this machine have been good at marketing. And I think that's really the name of the game here. Yeah, because you can make great coffee all day long. But if you don't tell anybody about it, like four people have tried to get this up and going. And each (laughs) time it has not worked because the marketing has not been enough. 
good concept, Mm -hmm. bad marketing. Yep. Pierre created posters uh, working with a graphic designer, Leonetto Capiello, which perfectly captured the the essence of the espresso and displayed how fast the coffee could be produced. I've actually attached it there so you can see it. I like it. It very much fits the vibe of the time, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much like where in the world is Carmen Santiago, except with espresso. Or the vibe of the man in the yellow hat. That's true. Yeah. One of the most dramatic improvements to the machine, though, came from a man named Arkeli Gagia. Achille, maybe? Achille? I'm going to say Achille Gaggia. Achille. I'm going to call him Achille. I am really bad at pronouncing Italian names, and I am so sorry. Oh, well, you know me. I'm great at pronunciations. (laughs) So this was around 1947. Okay. He was able to make the machine much smaller and lever-operated. Ah, we love a good lever. Yes. This changed the game. Mm Mm-hmm. The main concept was that the steam would force the water into a cylinder where it further pressurized by a spring piston lever operated by the barista. Okay. This got rid of the massive boilers and ended up increasing the pressure up to between 5 and 10 bars as compared to our 1.5 that we were working with previously. Yeah. So this just made the pressure much better. That's almost the same ratio of difference between having eight ounces of coffee and eight ounces of espresso. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if that beep came through. That was my alarm. Just disregard everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this also standardized espresso because the cylinder could only hold one ounce of the water. Ah, that makes sense. It couldn't produce any more than that. Yeah. Fun fact. Because of this machine, the term pulling a shot became popularized because you would pull down on the lever to extract the espresso. Huh. Nice. I like that. It wasn't until writing these notes that I finally understood pulling a shot because I've been I've heard that a long time, but I never understood why it was called pulling a shot. Right. Because usually it's just like press a button and you watch the shot show up. Yeah. (laughs) I thought maybe because it was, like, pulling through the machine. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If anything, it's pushing through the machine. (laughs) Although now, don't people call it the pull? Like, when you watch it, how it comes through the the holes? Yeah. I mean, it's still called a pull. Okay. That hasn't changed. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Without the context of the lever. (laughs) Yeah. So because of this machine, we have a whole new phrase that we still associate with espresso. Mm -hmm. And with this new pressure, crema was able to form. The crema didn't take off immediately, though, as some thought it was scum in the coffee. It was later marketed as cafe crema, which gave it a better image. I could see that. If you're like making coffee and then you're like, why is it a different color on top? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like scale in tea if you could make it like, if you're like, oh, it's actually all of the flavor from the tea. Then you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or if you're like, those are the extra vitamins and minerals for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what he did. He tried, he basically said that this crema was where all of the flavor was, and that's how your espresso was better than any other. And that's how he marketed it. So is it actually where all the flavor is, or is that still just marketing that's hanging around? I'm not sure. A lot of okay. people still say that that's where the flavor is. Like, lots of articles mm-hmm. that I ran into said that the crema is responsible for a lot of after flavor, and I think I mentioned it in my notes at the very beginning. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just marketing or if it's actually flavor. It's either true or he is the best marketer out of all these people so far. It, we actually just did a few minutes of marketing lesson. This isn't a, a podcast about coffee anymore. It's now a marketing podcast. 
Yeah, but it's not legal or financial advice. Go find a professional. <laughs> That's Watch correct. <laughs> Fast forward to 1961. Ernesto Valentin Valente Uncher mm. introduced more innovations. So this thing is literally just continuously changing the whole time. Yeah. The machine is now motorized and has a pump to provide the pressure that's needed. Nice. As well as a spiral copper pipe inside the boiler. Ooh. This keeps the temperature more regulated. It was also made smaller with stainless steel on the outside and had immediate success. These descriptions of how we're regulating temperature and everything just makes it sound like we're building tiny nuclear power plants. Yes. <laughs> it takes a lot of thought and careful tuning to be able to make a perfect cup of espresso it does from this point on the machine obviously got modernized and it went through sleek periods and went through maximalist periods it grew as um de decor grew you know but yeah. the concept has remained fairly similar from this point on a lot of espresso machines are still using a handful of this and that from all of the modernizations throughout its time. Hmm. Like if you walk into a coffee shop, you're going to find a very old and traditional style where you have the you have the portafilter, you pull it out, you grind the coffee beans and you put it back in and you pull it where if yeah. you need to get something really fast like in an espresso machine you can just insert your pod press a button and there's no fanciness to it so yeah everything has been fine-tuned and it's different per cup but they're uniquely perfect Mm-hmm. that's really all i have for espresso though cool i still think it, it, it's nice to like finally dig into it and learn about like the core of all of these other drinks that we've been making. Mm -hmm. I honestly had no idea how much influence the machine would be compared to the actual drink because I only think yeah. of the end product and not how it's made. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. I also um, am very excited now that I know how to make an espresso style coffee in my French press because that is probably the closest I've been able to make at home that tasted like I got it at a coffee shop. Ooh. And uh, that's going to be my thing for like a while now. Ooh, I'm glad I could help you with that. Yeah. Imagine making that with an affogato. I know. It's going to happen. I don't have any gelato on me, but next time I get gelato, it's happening. I am excited. Uh, oh, in my uh, exploration down TikTok to find a way to make espresso, I also found an option for possibly frothing milk or steaming and frothing milk better in a French press than what I was doing before. Ooh. So I might try that too for latte art. Ooh, okay. You'll have to let me yeah. know how that goes because I've had a very hard time getting the consistency right for latte art. Yeah. This one suggested um, you do it three big pumps. And then you do like 30 to 40 little pumps without actually lifting it out of the milk. So you get the big bubbles and then you break them all down in the milk. So I do have a quiz for us. Yay. Would you like to I go ahead quizzes. and open it up? Yeah. Boop. Ooh. Okay. This quiz oh, okay. is not technically related to espresso, but it is coffee. And since our, since our episode was so history heavy, I think instead of history... We'll go into the future. Ah, I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> I want you to tell us your Starbucks order and we'll reveal uh -huh. to you where you'll be in five years. All right. So when we continue this podcast for the next five years, we'll check back in and see. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's mark it. Uh, June 23rd, 2028. 2028. That sounds like a long time. Yep. I wonder where we're going to be in five years. Let's find out. Uh, I'll be 30. Oh, my God. We'll be 30? Oh, I'll be You'll 31. You'll be 31. Okay. <laughs> what time anyway. do you usually place your order? Between 6 and 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. To, to 12 p.m.? 12 p.m. to 3 p.m.? 3 p.m. to 6 p.m.? After 6 p.m.? Whenever, wherever. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna act like I'm ordering it for the morning, like 
to get something caffeinated because I do go to Starbucks and Barnes and Noble sometimes, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go six to nine a.m. Okay. Um, most of the time when I get Starbucks, it's usually in the afternoon. Mm. Like if I'm doing food shopping, or if we're at Barnes and Noble. So I think I'm going to say between 12 and 3. All right. What drink are you ordering? Cappuccino, regular coffee, espresso, frappuccino, iced coffee, refresher, latte, or tea? And let's just pretend that you're ordering it, say, tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm picturing basically how I used to order it when there was a Starbucks conveniently on the way to work. Mm Mm-hmm. It just isn't anymore. Um, And I would get a regular coffee and then add all my shenanigans to it because it's cheaper that way. That's fair. I get a latte, specifically a vanilla oat milk latte, but latte will be fine. That's fair. What size is your drink? Is it a mini, short, tall, grande, venti, or trenta? It's going to be a grande. Same. Because it's a grand day. Oh, I like that. I always order yeah. a grande. I only get a venti when I'm desperate and also getting matcha. Mm-hmm. I get a venti sometimes if it's iced, but usually when it's a refresher. That's fair. How do you sweeten your drink? Sugar, honey, artificial sweetener. I don't sweeten it. I typically don't sweeten it because milk is enough for me. Yeah, I'm not a milk person. I use artificial sweetener. All right. (laughs) Do you want milk with that? Whole milk, non-fat milk, 2% milk, soy milk, coconut or almond milk, or no milk? Soy milk, please. I use oat milk, but I also like almond milk, so I'm going to say almond milk. All right. What's your biggest Starbucks pet peeve? Oh, boy. There's a lot. When they spell my name wrong on the cup. When they pronounce my name wrong. When the person in front of me takes a long time to order. When the lineup is too long. When they get my order wrong. When they run out of some of the ingredients for my order. When there's nowhere to sit. Or when other customers are being rude to the baristas. Mine is easy. It's when other customers are being rude to the baristas. That is 100% a fact. I... 200% agree with that, but I'm Mm going to choose something else. Okay. I'm going to say when they get my order wrong, because I know I'm not going to do anything about it. That's fair. Just be disappointed. I've got good news for you. All right. I got some good news for you, but I don't know if if it's the news you want. (laughs) Whether you become a YouTube star or begin a successful podcast or run a successful Instagram account, in five years, you'll basically be internet royalty. It'll be a lot of work, but it'll work, but it'll be work you love. And while you don't have much privacy anymore, you really appreciate your adoring, adoring fans. You'll be internet famous. All right. So when we check back in in five years on the podcast, yeah, we'll see how it's going. Yeah. And if you were here, you're my favorite. If you showed up later and you're listening again later, that's cool. That's fine. But like, if you were here <laughs> right now, oh, geez. Okay. Speaking of which, are you ready for yours? I'm ready. Okay. By the time five years is up, you'll realize something is missing from your life. Oh, no. Pets. You decide to open up your home and your heart to several furry animals in need of a family, and it'll be the best decision you've ever made. So you will be, do- uh, the words are adopting a ton of furry animals. <laughs> a ton. <laughs> You're going to have so many. Maybe I'm finally going to get a house and I'll have the little farm I've always wanted. Yeah. I'm going to get know a bunch of technically. Ducks. I was going to say, it's not technically fur, but you could have a bunch of ducks. I will probably almost definitely have a bunch of ducks. Mom, mm-hmm. I, I'm really sorry. I think this is the future telling me we're not having kids anytime soon. You are having kids. They're just ducks. Get ready for more fur <laughs> grandchildren. <laughs> Congratulations. Hi, Toulouse. Hello. He came to say hi. 
He's scratching at my chair. Oh, hello. See? Oh, the dinosaur feet are back. Come here. Oh, there we go. Oh, he wants a shoulder snuggle. I want you to hold me like a baby. Like a baby. He is a baby. All right. So I guess we'll check back in and see how we're doing in five years. Yeah. Mm hmm. So that is all I have for today's episode. Allie, can you tell me what's next? Yes, I can. We're not recording it today like we usually would, but it's summertime. And last summer, we made milkshakes. So this summer, we're going to make some smoothies. I'm so excited. I had one today, and I was thinking uh -huh. about it. I'm I'm excited because I briefly glanced at like history and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and a recipe in case we were going to record it this weekend. And I am, I'm, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be fun. I'm so excited. Yeah. As always, I'd love to thank all of our lovely listeners, whether it's our new listeners five years in the future when we're internet famous or our now mm -hmm. listeners at our humble start. We appreciate each and one of you. Wait, wait. You don't get a bunch of animals for you for your house because you do have kids and you have a whole happy family. But we are internet famous because we have also successfully opened the Busy Bean and it, it is full of guinea pigs. Yes. I know I'm early for the guinea pig bit, but oh my God. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, you can was, find us on social media. Wait, hold on. I wasn't done. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I got excited. <laughs> As always... All of our sources are going to be in the episode notes. This is going to include my research research sources, all like three of them, because, you know, interesting history, the quiz, and the recipe. You can also find our podcast on webrewgood.com, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, I think, and finally, finally. YouTube. Woo! For right now, as of recording just the first episode but the new the next ones are going to be coming up pretty soon i'm gonna get so up there. excited uh-huh check us out you can also find us on the social media this includes facebook instagram and tiktok at we brew good or you can send us an email at we brew good at gmail.com and if you go follow us on social media, you'll get to see our whole little cafe as we build it and add all the furry friends. And then we'll become internet famous and the next five years are going to be great. I think as one of our mini-sodes, it should be a YouTube exclusive and we're actually uh -huh. going to log on to The Sims and build the Busy Bean. <gasps> we should. I think that would be so much fun. Yes. Where we can see all of the fur babies our little guinea pigs running around uh -huh. in their own little guinea pig little pen. Uh-huh. I'm so down for that. How many guinea pigs can you spawn in at a time in Sims? A ton, I guess. It's <laughs> gonna have to happen. That's a good point. BuzzFeed <laughs> said so, so. that's It's gonna have to be that. I just saw a black blur go whipping past the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he was doing? Huh. He was trying to remind you to stay, stay brutal. <laughs> hey, interesting hey, Mom, way to remind me. Stay brutal. Stay brutal. I just yelled into my cat's ear. <laughs> He's like, uh, your cat's like, no, no, thank you. And my cats are like, stay brutal. 